the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another episode of the Magnificent Soccer Show. We call the Minnesota Football Show. Uh, I am Rodrigo. I am one of your hosts. I am joined today, of course, by Bridget McDowell. And on a bathroom break, we have a co-host, Eric. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's officially fall. Like I see like the fall colors changing as one of my favorite things to, to, to look at and enjoy about fall. Mm-hmm. But like this weekend, like this weekend was like probably one of the best pick me up weekends for me. Like I've had in a very long time. Yeah. Not only does Peru beat Chile two to nothing. Right. That, that always makes me happy. Like I could be like in a worse mood and that will always make me happy. Right. Um, and Mayor's Cup. The Mayor's Cup was played on Friday at Allianz Field. The girls played at 530. The boys played at 730. Like they were capping it at like 1500. Like there was over 2000 people that show up with literally no marketing whatsoever. That's like, just, so awesome. Like, I, I, I love seeing all the magnificent people that make this soccer community great. Like, like I saw, I saw Westbrook Dan, I saw Mark Fangmeyer, some of my coworkers at the 55-1. I, I also saw, you know, people from the MN Wilson that showed up. Um, and, you know, um, it was just, it was just, I saw so many great people I haven't seen in a while. And like people who were like there to support both teams and there to be able to be part of the experience. It was just, it was just an electric historic moment for all these teams. And I think that was like my favorite thing for me is that, you know, I was telling my kids is like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do the rest of your soccer career or you choose to play or not or whatever. Right. No one forgets the first. Exactly. And you guys are the first. So both of my kids, Isa Watch, uh, Isa and G, where, where they both play for, Co- as, you, as you all know, they all play for Como Park High School and uh, Como Girls FC. So Como Girls FC played the Humble Hawks and they got to open up the game. And it was, it was, it was, it was a good game. And the issue is just that for them, this is such a wide field that they've never really had so much space. There was a lot of, it was a lot of running around and trying to figure things out. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, mean I, I didn't catch much of it, but it was kind of funny because looking at uh, the, the few minutes that I was able to catch on the uh, Mark and Matt live streamed it on equal time. Um, but they, yeah, the field is huge. They all just look so small. <laughs> right. And I was like, and wow. Sprinting. Oh my god! Yep, and yeah, so I was like, so "Man, awesome, these kids huh? are these kids are gonna take one sprint and they're gonna be like, I need a sub." I was like, <laughs> "I'm not used to running that larger <laughs> space," but it was beautiful. Yeah, I think the um, 
the opening ceremonies was, was was really interesting. Both of the teams came out like it was a professional game. I mean, um, it was just great to see. Um, just I got to I got to talk to Matt and uh, and Mark from Equal Time Soccer, and they were streaming the game. And you know, it was just I don't know. It was it was just a beautiful experience. You know, and one of the funniest things is I brought my dad, and I brought. Uh, Santi, this is the first time we brought Santi to uh, any sporting event in the stadium, you know, because of, uh, you know, health reasons. He's not vaccinated, but like we felt that we felt good enough because it was going to be not 19,000, but like um, 2,000 of our closest friends. And, um, and most of them wearing masks. Yes. Mm-hmm. We were we were there and uh, Santi, you know, he's not extremely a sports person. Uh, but I found out that his calling is to be the best ten-year-old heckler he can be. Yes. And dear Lord, <laughs> can this boy heckle? I I did not know. That's like awesome. there's a play, there's there's a time where like Issa took the takes the ball and she's dribbling through the middle and she dribbles with three people and he gets up he gets up from his seat and starts yelling, "Come on, Issa! Come on, Issa!" And I turn around and I look at this like, "Where's that coming from?" And I turn around, and it's my son, right? <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. And then there's another point into into the whole thing where like um um where like there's a there's a controversial call, right? Uh against Como on a foul. Santi gets up and he screams out, Come on, ref! You know that's not right. And I was like, Where's that I turned around? I was like, where's that coming from? It's like, who's this kid? And I'm like, I'm like, and they go. And I first went and I go, way to go, kid. Way to go, kid. <laughs> I can bring yeah. you to game. If you do that at games, when we, when we come back and we can watch games, and you can do that, you're more than welcome to do that anytime you want to. Go for it. Yeah. Some, I think, some I think people play, bullhorn. some people heckle. <laughs> I think he needs a bullhorn. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like, he was just like, you know, and my dad, like, who's never really seen Issa ever play. Um, like, you know, and he's always very stoic and, you know, like, he's like a statue. Right. Can't, can't confirm. Can't confirm, nor complain, <laughs> right? Like, and so, like, um, he, as we're walking from the stadium after the girls' game, uh, they were like, he was like, you know, Issa, Issa passes the ball really well. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, she does. <laughs> now, thousands of people saw it on TV where she was able to pass, yeah. make some really good passes, really good interceptions, and then, you know, and then get injured, right? <laughs> and so, but, um, but no, the Mayor's Cup was 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 a great event. Um, uh, it was wonderful to be able to see two heavily BIPOC schools get to be at the stadium probably for the first time, and 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 get to play a game that they they love. It's like literally, you know, all the craziness in the world, all the things is that, and there's moments where, where soccer is, is is so poetic and so beautiful that lets you forget about all those things for that one time. And I think that's that's the joy that it brings. And watching them score that first goal in the 55th minute, it was just I don't know. Like there's video of it, but like they dogpiled each other, they were crying, um, mm-hmm. and it was just a beautiful uh shout out to Will Will Galvez for being able to document a lot of these pictures uh, that are circling outside. Um, he got one of a cup that I'm going to talk to Will because I want to make it into a post a poster of them hosting the cup. It's like it's it's just a beautiful moment. All these all these kids and all these uh, just beautiful 
you know, I'm very proud for them. Um, you know, G was like, that grass is like turf. I was like, mm-hmm. I've never played on grass that feels like turf. And she did good too. You know, she's she's got injuries going on, but she did as she could. And I think Issa was mad that she couldn't get back on there. It was really funny because like she got injured and then she like literally two minutes later, like she's like, she's like, I'm putting on my socks and going back out and like as it, and that's when it finishes. And then she goes out and runs and and celebrate. The the boys game though, man. Oh man. That was a hard Can I interrupt really quick? Did, did yeah. you mention the uh, taking the knee? I'm getting in here a little late. I don't know if you mentioned No, that no, right. no. So at yeah. the beginning of the ceremony, okay. like the girls, um, the, the both of the girls' teams, the, the opening ceremony since the first team, they both took a knee. They both decided to do that. And, um, and like that wasn't like, I don't think it was discussed, but I think one team, they saw that one team was going to do it and both of them were like, we know what, we're just going to do it. And they did. And I think that was awesome, you know, because these are heavily BIPOC schools. It, it was a great stand to be able to do that. I, I thought I saw Red Loons uh, tweet about um, having some little Red Loons into the team, but um, but you know, overall, I mean, it's it's um, it was it was a great experience for the girls. You know, magical night for them. They're still partying in some sort of sense. I took them all to a bonfire yesterday that a friend was having, and I don't think they got home till like one or two in the morning, and they're still <laughs> sleeping. If not, Easter I'd be talking about. But that boys' game, though, man, that boys' game was like. That looked rough. It looked rough in the sense of like it ended in PKs. And but I don't know, like I want to talk to Matt because there's just there's like Como had this crazy play where like their forward number seven like volleys the ball over, like let's try to do a sombrero, does it twice in front of the goal, and then shoots, and then the keeper comes out and literally just it hits his butt and it just like gets stuck in him in his butt and it just keeps on bouncing and then he grabs the ball. That sh- that would have been the goal to win it, but but overall amazing experience. I don't think anyone really left, and so that was a thing. Like the whole whole side was pretty much full, and it was and it was wonderful that's, to be able yeah, to. Yeah, that's it. that's how it looked um, from you know, all, all the live tweets that I was watching, and and some of the pictures that uh, Allianz Field put out too. It looked like people just kept coming in, like filled it and people kept coming in. There, it, there wasn't a ton of like change out like you normally see at games like that. Um, so, yeah, that was that was awesome to see everyone there and, and supporting both squads. Right. And also they had uh, the girls had Fragapane, Reynoso and Sendejas there. Yeah. Um, and the boys had um, Freddie Emmings and Brent Coleman as a special guest. So the girls won, You're right? The girls won overall. <laughs> Mate Power, man. Yeah, Mate Power is in the house. It was really funny because like they stayed for like maybe 10, 15 minutes of the game. And we were sitting close enough to them that when he when when Ray and the group started walking away, I said, I turned around and I yelled, Gracias, muchachos. And then Ray kind of stopped and looked and he saw me and then he like waved and he smiled and he gave me a thumbs up and then he left. And I was like, Nice. Contact. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Now I can tell you he's my friend, and we can be like, okay. <laughs> well, I'm happy for you, Rodrigo, and and the girls, obviously, your daughters, and and everybody's got to participate, and that. that's that's pretty sweet, pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, it's just that you know this is probably, in my opinion, the first time I've seen what community outreach looks like from this team, in a sense, right? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Hopefully more, more. of So this. hopefully we'll have more of this. Um, 
I mean, I don't know if, if Bayer Cup will be a recurring thing, but if it is, that's great. If, uh, but I think, I think it'd be great if Mayor's Cup just has a, a rotating spot in other places, you know, like in Blaine or other stadiums or other universities want to host that. And uh, I think I think that would be an awesome, awesome thing for all these kids to be able to keep continuing having experiences like that. So, sure. Uh, well, from one cup being raised to another, um, yesterday, in fact, a, a number of players from the 2011 national championship winning uh, NSC stars of, I guess, the NASL at that time, obviously. They had a bit of a reunion at the Blackheart and wasn't able to attend, but I saw some photos and it was really cool to see those guys <laughs> who look pretty similar. Like, I can't believe it's been a yeah. decade when you look at them. They're like, they look kind of the same. Um, so super dope that uh, the Dark Clouds and uh, Blackheart were able to organize that and bring some of those guys back to talk about their experiences. Um, there was a Wonderwall that was sung and for those listeners that may be somewhat new to the uh, Minnesota soccer experience, this was the team that kind of brought that into fruition that made that a thing. So it was, it was cool to, uh, to kind of get that from the source as it were. Um, but yeah, it looked like a really cool thing. Uh, I just put out that it would have been nice if this would have been like a, a sanctioned event from the team for a minute. Yes, exactly. Bridget. Thank you. That is the correct response. Once again, that we have to it do all these it. like, Go ahead. It did come up, I believe, on the Sound of the Loons podcast. They talked to Manny and and all of that did come up, the the anniversary of that. Um, so at least it, it was uh, alluded to. It was alluded to. That's the best we can get. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty, pretty good, given the, the, the right. standard of the last couple of years. So. Yes, that's true. That's true. But it looked cool. It looked like a lot of fun. Um, Man, one of these days, I, I hope to get back to bars. Um, just not quite there yet, but it'd be nice. Uh, but I'm glad it happened. At the very least, I'm glad it happened. I didn't realize my homie, jo- my homie Jordan was going to be back a- in town. Had I known that, I might have thought about going. Just I, hadn't seen, I haven't seen him in a minute, and it's always fun to catch up with him. Um, we'll do some quick wraps on MLS. We don't have to spend a lot of time here. This is from last week. Uh, I'm just looking at the thing here. Um, Philly over Columbus, 3-0. That's a big one. KC over Houston, 4-2. Toronto actually gets a win, 3-1. Portland, 1-0 over Inter Miami. They had El Trafico. I heard it was kind of a sleepy El Trafico, 1-1 tie. Galaxy LAFC. And the Seattle, and Sounders took it to Colorado. They scored they scored all three goals in the first half, I think, right? 3-0 is their final. Yeah. They just kind of like hit the brakes, park the bus type of thing. The game was crazy, though, because the red card that I forget who the player got, because apparently Joe, Joe Paulo was was fouled, it was like non-existent whatsoever, and eventually was rescinded. Oh, uh, and he had a but, sick goal too, I think, was, right? Yeah. yeah, but I think it yeah, was but, Hernandez but, who got the who got the red. Yeah, but like Joe Paulo is like literally the greatest flopper in this league right now. Like he's flopped like three <laughs> times. Man. Where I'm like, right here, showing everybody my Brazilian flag, <laughs> Brasileiro, man. Oh, Rodrigo <laughs> too. <laughs> Wow. Damn, I, I didn't get the memo. Let me you go. Didn't get the my... memo, <laughs> <laughs> They are playing today, but uh, that, I'm surprised because Peru plays today too, and he's rocking the Brazil jersey. There you go. Or the Brazil That's not shirt. a jersey, it's a shirt. I told it's you we went over there. This is my mine. this is my sleeping yeah, yeah. shirt. I know I, I sleep know. on it. I, 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 I guess I trash I'll... on it, so you know I get it trash dirty. I don't really Thanks. like <laughs> um 
I guess I bring up those scores just to say that, yeah, there were some good games, but it didn't really drastically change anything, I don't think, in terms of the standings. Everything kind of remained the same. Um, the LA LAFC one, sort of kind of helpful that nobody really got points, but, uh, yeah, again, doesn't really change anything. And good. we should point out that that game was uh, sleepy on the pitch, but there were a few fights uh, between the supporters groups. Do tell. Uh, I did not hear about this. It, it got a little ugly, and I, I didn't really see how it started. I just kind of saw the, the, the fallout afterwards. Um, but, yeah, it's there were a few statements afterwards, like, hey, this this is not what we're about. We're, you know, we're here to do the drink 90 drink kind of thing and not, like, go crazy. Um, but, yeah, a bit of fighting. I would not be surprised if there was some more uh, developments out of that in the next week or so. Wow, there you go. Thanks for that. Um, let's transition to some NWSL. There's been more fallout since the bombshell we talked about on the previous episode. Um, there's This has been a long time coming. I know a lot of the Washington Spirit supporters have been trying to get the owner, Steve, whatever his name is. Bridget, do you remember his last name? Steve something? No. Just Steve. He's a bad Steve. Steve. Yeah. Um, and he finally does resign. Uh it's a resignation, though, without necessarily selling the team, from what I understand. And what they really are looking for is for him to sell the team and just be, like, out of the whole thing completely. Go ahead. Yeah, all, all he did was step back. He's, his statement was, I am no longer going to be a managing partner, which is kind of like, uh, I don't know. They, yeah, he just, he just took his face off the poster, essentially. Um, still owns the team still is making the money and spending the money and all of that um and all they had asked him was please please sell the team uh, and those are the responses that we got after that statement by him with the players saying hi steve we were not sure if you actually got our demand um but our demand was that you sell the team preferably to michelle uh and apparently there was an offer at some point. He offered uh, the team to Michelle Kang. Uh, and then he rescinded that offer. And he's looking at selling it to an outside um, outside ownership group, which would probably move the team. So he's, he's going to, uh, you know, get his last, get the last word on the whole thing. Ugh, interesting. Well, oh, I'm sure we'll have more updates on that as we keep moving. Yeah. And in, in terms of more updates, so the Thorns also had some movement. Um, general Manager, President of Soccer, Gavin Wilkinson, uh, he is out on administrative leave. I think that essentially means that he's gone, right? Effective immediately? No, well, Not necessarily? He is administrative leave from the Thorns. However, he is also holds that position for the Timbers. Oh geez. And okay. And it's oh, so grimy. Back. It's just there's so many little ties and yeah. So he's, oh. he's he's still around. He's just he's just not a name on the list uh, oh, on the Thorns side. Mm-hmm. Just loophole after loophole, isn't it? it just, right. That's what it literally pieces. is, and that's just the frustrating part, right? But like, um, something that was kind of cool too is that Abil um, Hamid from Washington, I mean from DC United, tweeted out, you know. Tell us, tell the team, Steve. And then, is it like a day or two later, where like actually the whole players of DC United 
uh, put out a statement saying sell the team. So now wow. it's like not even DC United players want you to be. I just I just want I just want Losada to put out a statement in Spanish and just be filled of like swear words and like connotations. <laughs> And then just you know, let it go, and I'd be like, that, "That's exactly what I retweet. I would retweet that a thousand times just to be able to get that." Yeah, this the one that he put out uh, on behalf of the players is a very like balanced, diplomatic, calm. <laughs> but you you know they're all they're all thinking something uh, you know a bit more uh, a bit more demanding. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, good on them for speaking up. And this, it, it's their club too. And right. we're seeing that from a lot of, uh, I think a couple of the Timbers players have said similar things um, or have been at least, in the very least, in support of um, their counterparts on the women's side. Uh, and in, in these MLS and NWSL places where they have both teams in the market um i think we'll, we'll see a bit more of that as well um in addition we have NW, nwslpa has kind of um alluded or, or previewed that they have a whole bunch of bands coming i'm sure they're organizing and getting their their points together right now but i'm, I'm really curious to see what that's going to look like and considering considering everything that's been happening and you know they're really they're really uh, going into more of a militant stance right now. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what that's going to be. Um, and to that point on Wednesday, I believe there were three matches, six teams and all the players at the six minute mark, uh, recognizing that it's taken six years for the players to be heard in dealing with all of this stuff we've been talking about. They all just stopped. They all stopped playing. They walked to the center circle. Um, some of them embraced and they just took a moment to just kind of, you know, recognize solidarity, which was pretty phenomenal. The fact that everyone did it too, that's, that's no small thing. And even the games where the, where the reps were women, they mm -hmm. joined the players as well. Players came off the bench. Um, yeah, to, to see that across the league uh, and have everyone stand, you know, side by side in the whole thing. It was very powerful. Yeah. So I'm sure there will be more, but that kind of catches it up for this week. Um, we had our announcement on Tuesday, as predicted, Allianz Field with the mayors and everybody else, the uh, MLS All-Star Game 2022 coming to St. Paul, coming to Allianz. Yay. We're going to be so drunk that weekend. Hopefully there won't be a pandemic. Yay. Please. <laughs> Regardless, we're going to be drunk so weekend. It's just going to be like one of those where like we're just going to be. I can't. I mean, I'm excited for it, like for the fact that we get to, you know, have like, I, the fact that we get to have proven players on the field. Hopefully, that would be one of my favorite <laughs> things, right? But, but, um, I mean, just the atmosphere and and the highlight of St. Paul would be probably like for the local businesses and neighborhoods. It probably be my my favorite thing. Um, you know, if we get to meet some of the other celebrities, uh, the soccer and anal analyst celebrities, that be I'm great sorry, too. by we, you mean you, because you are that guy. No, but we, I mean, all of us. I mean, like, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. Rodrigo will, be, Rodrigo will be introducing us. This this is my good friend, Andrew Weeby. We just hang out all the time. Right, me and Andrew Weeby hang out Goss all the time. My guy over here. Yeah. yeah you I, know. I have to cut him off on the group chat. He keeps texting at like five in the morning. <laughs> 
we be we we be is 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 a great person though. Like like overall, like I think you know, watching yes. watching what he's done, he's 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 a well-meaning person. And so, uh, and David Gas does does text at weird hours. I tell you that. See? <laughs> there there will be times where like I text him right, and it has to be the right context. It's kind of like a bait, you know, like like I've gotten to know him. If I text him anything that has to do with Ricardo Pepe, like I get an answer right away. But anything else, it's like you know the the the, the communication gets thrown in the back burner, which I totally understand. I don't have a problem with it. But, but amazing, know, yeah. It should be fun though. We'll, we'll hopefully. I mean, it's so hard to predict what's going to be like next week, let alone a year from now. But yeah. Uh, so let's hopefully, hopefully a year from now we're in a better place. Right? Thank you. Exactly. I'm just exactly. looking forward to like our little ones being fact being able to be vaccinated, right? And that will be able to at least, you know, make things much, much smoother as we get into the cold, cold months of, uh, of Minnesota. Yeah. Which you've kind of been spared from. It's been, I'm still wearing shorts in, you know, approaching mid-October, which is very strange. But uh, I'm, I'm not, not complaining. complaining but I'm not complaining. Like, it's, it's not going to last this week. Looks like we're, we're looking at like 60 the rest okay. of the week. That's still, that's yeah, still short that's weather. Still- Let's also be wearing shorts on the sweatshirt. So that's right. There you go. Right. There you go. Um, let's talk a little Minnesota United. Um, this is kind of a surprising thing. I, I think we all kind of assumed that we talked about it last week. Uh, Reynoso gets the red for the uh, the heel stomp, and we're like, yeah, they're gonna peel it, but it's not gonna happen. It happened. Like it actually went through. He's available to play tonight, which wow, you just don't see that very often. Um, let me ask you two. Maybe Bridget, I'll start with you. What What do you think changed the opinion? Um, my, my thought process is it, we're, we're playing Colorado who had similar situation. Was it Hernandez? His red card was rescinded, um, for that challenge on Joe Paulo. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's in the league's best interest to have these two players on the field for that. Game. That is a very good point. Matching up. Um, given some of the other cards and fouls that have not been rescinded I was a bit surprised that they would bother with this one I didn't I didn't see it happening um just to you know not set a precedent that you know something like that happens and you know you can forget about it the day after um so I was surprised and then it made a bit more sense once I saw the Colorado announcement that their players card was also rescinded and then uh you know, I think there might be a connection there. Rodrigo, you see it coming? No, I, I like. I think what helped was uh, having um, Andrew Weeby have uh, agree to disagree conversations on Twitter with Cal Williams. I think that was that was that that, that <laughs> was a, a pitch turner, and and the fact that I was the instigator and and put myself in the middle of it by saying that. Sensing, I'm sensing a theme in this this episode yeah. here. <laughs> That I was the instigator saying, you know, like that's an MLS red, but anywhere else it's not even a yellow, right? And then Cal was like, "Yeah, in Libertadores, that's just, that's that's not even uh, that's that's just a foul." I mean, that's, like, a, that's a get up, buddy. That's a get up. That's it. Get going, right? And so, <clears throat> am I surprised? Yes and no. I mean, like the the whole conversation about you know Reynoso was intent. Should he have had better awareness of his field? Yes. But did he like egregiously stomp on someone's leg? No, right? He just like stepped on it as he was trying to get to the ball. So like, 
I see it, you know, and then like when it got rescinded, and just like Bridget pointed out, like I was more interested in what was gonna happen in Colorado because that one was like that, yeah. That was like there's no way that's a red, not even a yellow, and mm-hmm. possibly not even a foul. And I don't know if Joe Paulo's gonna get any 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 fines, but he should for that one, because that was just like mind-boggling how that happened. But if but you know, weirder things like the pro ref, um, they've been really strange about what they do things this year. Like there'll be things where you're like, oh yeah, that's a red. And then like, you know, they'll rescind it and there'll be like this situation. It'll be like a lot of oranges that they won't even call a foul on. Like, right. And you're like, all right, well, this is, you know, this is not understanding. But hey, you get to celebrate. I mean, the, you know, Reynoso gets to play on Sunday. And we're not going to complain that Reynoso is yeah. ill. Yeah, no uh, one should. I mean, we've, we've had the conversation quite a few times this season about intent versus outcome uh in terms of red cards especially but you know generically any foul uh where you know it was established early in the season that intent is not um not really a factor in terms of this year's right Mm -hmm. Um, so for for this one to be like a well yeah he's he's gonna land somewhere and there happened to be a foot there like it's you know we just keep going back and forth on how they're interpreting those guidelines and that that could be why it's um why maybe they're just rescinding them and saying hey let's you know kind of re we should mention too we're we're still missing a number of key pieces most notably probably lud and boxall but also Metinera. I got to put Metinera in there too. Lidbox on Metinera. So, I mean, it's it's still kind of dicey. Yeah, um, but we also called up um, Kevin Gucci. He's finally healthy. So, uh, I mean, we get Gregush back healthy, which is something that we've been winning to watch for a I while. I think he's out. I thought I read something that he's He's, he's out? I thought he was... I thought, I'll, I'll was he's a, he's a, he was training, I thought, you know, because everyone was wanting video of that half bicycle volley that he did in practice. Yeah. Yeah, he's still listed as questionable. With the- He'll have to play. I don't see any other other way. Um, but um, you know, it's it's a, it's it, it will be a perfect time to experiment instead with three in the back. Maybe stick with like your best four defenders, and then stack the midfield with five, and then I don't know, put. A lone striker that really doesn't do anything like Fernando Adi up top, and <laughs> there you go. Or five one. Just, just uh, rotate anyone in front of Reynoso, but make sure that Reynoso is in there. I mean, so the, putting, putting the Adis of the world up there at least kind of make other teams guess because they have no sample of what he can can or can't do really. Right, yeah. uh, and when you know exactly what Reynoso's game is. Uh, it's good to have kind of a, a questionable yeah. factor up there, even yeah. if that question is, uh, you know, <laughs> even if you're questioning him yourself. Even if the question is a question is a question. That's right. <laughs> He's the uh, mystery. He's the mystery character on the Guess Who game, right? You know what? I Screw mean, it. we don't know what he's gonna do, but they don't know what he's gonna do either. Yeah, that's we right. We don't know that's either. Right. Loss, whatever. It's right. Fine. 
Well, this match happens in a few hours, so it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens I, there. I um, really would but, love to just see if the loons, if they do go with a four-five-one, right? That 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 five gets like inverted into a flying V when they're attacking, and have the Reynoso in the back with the ball dribbling up, and then like you know, just have all the other players just you know either either protect him or just you know get yellow cards by following people as they're running through. I just I just need to see like an old just like bashing physical thing going on but that's just me at the moment so. um maybe worth mentioning briefly there there's been a lot of talk and throughout the different supporters groups about the vaccine mandate negative test mask mandate even at the very minimum we've talked about this before um but it really has come to a head with this particular match and for for a hot second it seemed like there was a pretty decent amount of solidarity to for a lot of people to either not it's it's difficult to call it either like a boycott or a strike because clearly we've already paid the club our money they have our money but we'd be boycotting us our physical presence right to affect the wonder wall and affect uh like bridget like you pointed out the the tv coverage which in this case it's it's kind of a good weapon because like the team only seems to respond to embarrassment so if we can embarrass them on national television it's a good thing um and that go ahead well, so I'm I'm writing this story, trying to put all these pieces together with all these different sure. groups. Um, surprising, absolutely no one. The team has not responded to multiple requests for comment. Uh, Incredible. It's not just us independent um, writers who they're ignoring. They're not responding yeah. to that was breaking the massive news. sarcasm oh, on that. I, incredible. That's yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, from from the conversations that I've had, I mean, the, the tweets have been, you know, just absurd and I could pull up my yep. mentions right now and throw out a handful of the, the anti-vaxxers and the anti-authoritarian is. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like, for you cause you've been personally attacked but, too, which, which sucks. That's not nice. Or and it hasn't even been as bad as I expected it to be. So mm. I can't wait to publish this story. Um, mm. I'm going to probably delete Twitter when that's up. Um, but from the conversations that I've had, uh, the positive reactions have mostly been off of Twitter and the supporters mm. groups are getting a lot of messages like, Hey, thank you. Like this, this is what we wanted to see. This is what we need mm-hmm. to do. Thanks for, you know, taking a stand and actually like trying to push something through. Um, so it's, it's easy to get bogged down in the trolls and, you know, the reply guys with the, uh, Vikings avatars. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned that. Yeah. About the, you know, those biatch soccer fans. Um, but there are quite a few who, you know, are, are supportive of this yeah. and appreciative of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just, they just want some action by the club. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to be you know some crazy like you know show show your papers at the door like literally they just want some acknowledgement of like you know there's still a pandemic happening like let's let's keep that in the conversation yeah i I think try is go ahead with no i was just i was just gonna say like like you know the the team has made arguments as to like they do want to do certain things like uh but they but but they don't but they're not willing to take the next step which is actually doing them like like you know one of the one of their concerns is, is has always been like well if we ask for a mass mandate how do we enforce it and then we like 
Yeah, that's a tough, tough, tough conversation to have. But if you ask for a mask mandate, more than likely people are going to actually, uh, um, what's the word, comply in that sense, right? right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it happened at the at the mayor's cup. There was a lot of people wearing masks. And that was only two thousand. So it's. I mean, people people are still going to the concerts and packing first Ave and and the X and all that with the mask mandate or with vaccine mandate. Even Blackheart, Blackheart next door. Yep. Right. And when, then when they have all of those um, precautions, it's it's easier to enforce a vax mandate because then you're just checking them once at the door rather than having to, you know, patrol the stands like yep. like they had to do um, before it went full capacity and there was a mask mandate. You have security who's usually checking tickets is walking around the stands, you know, checking to make sure you have your mask on when you're not sipping your beer. Um, so from an enforcement standpoint, like check them once at the door, get it done. That's, that's yep. literally all you need to do. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful segue. I, I have this in the uh, international, but I'm just going to say it now, just, just, just to illustrate the uh, ridiculousness of the arguments that it's going to be so hard to enforce. Like you're saying my club in Brazil, who comes up all the time, they went to Bahia and they played Nauchuku or uh, Nauchuku, sorry. And um, Adam supports Nauchuku. And, and so we were talking and, and, and obviously there was a conversation between the clubs that they made this happen. So it was probably Nauchuku's decision, but Goyaz, not known to be the most radical, you know, revolutionary communist anarchist team in Brazil. That's just not the case, but they went along with it because they're like, yeah, this, this is a pretty good idea. So here's two second division Brazilian teams. They may or may not have budgets about the same as, as Minnesota United. I, I have to dig into that. I'm not sure, but they're probably pretty similar. And, and the other key point about this thing too is besides, besides limited resources, just by, by simple lack of vaccine rollout and like general capitalism and a collapsed government under a fascist piece of garbage, um, people, are, people are not fully vaccinated, not because of choice, just because of access. Right. And with and with all of those difficulties and barriers, they did a they did a check. They did a negative test check. Easy. No, no complaints. No problems. Did it done. So if they can pull that off. I mean, the bar you, is you, so low. If you haven't been tested, you can literally walk to the CVS across the street and you can say, hey, yeah, give me a test. That's right. Um, I mean, affordability is definitely a factor. Like it's, you know, we're not like other countries where, you know, you get a test because it's needed. Um, you might have to pay a little money or a lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. But that's, uh, I mean, it's part of, we shut down society so that we could all like be comfortable, you know, have, have a vaccine so we could be comfortable uh, participating in society again. Mm -hmm. And here we're, you know, we're back all open again and it's people who don't want um who don't want to take those pro those uh precautions um yep. who are you know saying well if if you're worried if you need a vaccine like just don't participate it's not what we've been naming for this entire year yeah uh, oh it's i mean it's really not that hard it's not. And I think this is such a great example because there's like, oh, no, but it, it's a privileged European thing or American thing where you can get the vaccines. Like, no, this country barely has vaccines and they're right. doing it. <laughs> I mean, I, we did see tweets like from stadium employees, one who were, yeah, troll. Um, 
there were a couple like legitimate concerns where people are like, hey, we're already getting yelled at for, you know, asking the asking you to not bring your giant person to the stadium. We're already dealing with, you know, all the usual customer service BS, um, which is just 10 times worse now after a, a year of being like shut down. Um, you, you see that everywhere. Uh, so we're already asking a lot of the employees that we do have and it sucks. Um, but like you could pay them a little bit more money and mm -hmm. like hire people and it, it, again there's not a worker shortage there's a you know employment standard shortage uh make this easy on ourselves we we have all the tools to make this work it's you know if you're not if you're not doing it it's not because you can't it's because you don't want to at this point exactly. um, and i mean yeah like solidarity solidarity with the workers who have to put up with the bs when they're checking your vaccine card what about my rights and my freedoms? Well, you know, you have a driver's license, you have all of that. Like this is a piece of paper that says you got vaccinated on whatever day, not a big deal. Uh, but it's, I think it's again, soccer as a microcosm of society. And we're, you know, we're seeing all, both ends of the spectrum and everything in between right now. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, just to wrap up, uh, Rodrigo, I'll throw this to you. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about Kervin Ariaga, who apparently is on this watch thing. He's a Honduran midfielder, like a six, I believe. But I, I know very little about him, so I'll throw it to you. Um, um, yeah, I mean he <clears throat> he plays for um, he plays for Marathon, but um, overall, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know how much depth is it, but. It's also fun that the watches are back. I mean, so we just have to keep an eye on this. I mean, there was also like a picture tweeted earlier in the last week. And the mystery was who was number 27, right? And number 27 was actually an Italian Peruvian that plays like Division Three soccer, I think. And I was like, yeah, the only Peruvian I recognize is Gianluca Lapadula. So that this really doesn't really concern me. But, um, um, you know, we need help in the six in order to be able to figure out um, how this team will function without an Aussie, but we don't know when Aussie is going to be able to leave us or that, but we also, it was always good to get depth in that section. Um, but in, in adding the, to the discussion, um, LA Galaxy and LAFC also are new stadiums that are now enforcing a vaccine mandate. So now it went from four to six I don't know if San Jose is going to make I don't, if San Jose is going to make a statement soon or, or replies to them, but at least I know in the LA area now there's two more MLS teams. So this is a continuing thing in a sense. You know, it's going to get even bigger and bigger. And I think that hopefully, you know, for at least for the start of next MLS season, there will there will be more teams that will be will be requiring that, um, and in, we'll be in a much better place and in a much better position to expect um minnesota to step into a leadership role and and and, and take it on and, i mean we hope enact it before it becomes a state law i mean the reason that la and and all of the canadian teams have one is because it's it's mandatory um for them to function That's uh right. they're yep. they're not allowed to you know by, by local ordinance they they can't not um 
But of course, if we chose to do these things, you wouldn't need to have a governor or a mayor um, put those uh, mandates in place. So why not get ahead of it? Why not be the be the front? I know no one wants to be the first, but at this point, like everyone's been the first on something at some point in the last yep. 18 months. So, or, or just keep being embarrassed by second division uh, I mean, Brazilian yeah. teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's that's my favorite thing. Just be embarrassed by like you know, Division Three or Division, you know, Division Sixteen Argentinian leagues would be best. I, like, I just know. love how on like nearly every aspect of this team, we can point to some <laughs> club in Brazil and be like, well, yeah, yep. as we as we saw here, yep, <laughs> for better or for worse, as we saw, uh, here. yeah. Well, that, on that that ending anyway. point of, of yeah, up, uplifting uh, vibes, let's take a break. We'll do uh, internationals and qualifying in a bit. Stick around. Thank you very much for listening to that show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota Football Show. Welcome back to the Minnesota Football Show. We are now going to be tackling international issues, issues that you may or may not care too much about, but we do. So here we go. Eric, take it away. Pandora Papers. This is more of a continuation of just capitalism running amok uh, from the Panama Papers and the, uh, oh, it's the International Journal, I can't remember the acronym right now, ICIJ, something like that, International Consortium of Journalism, something, something. Anyway, um, new trove of documents um, with tons of heads of government, organization, ministers, media, politicians, etc., just showing their shady, shady financial dealings. And while, you know, in the case of like the presidents of, um, Oh, I'm trying to remember all the there's there's so many, but there's a number of African leaders that, you know, their citizens are are struggling to find necessary basics such as just food and shelter and housing. And these guys in, in the meantime are sp- speaking of sheltering, they're sheltering hundreds of millions of dollars in in uh, offshore bank accounts in, in the Caymans or Bahamas or elsewhere. And so all this stuff got leaked. Um, and for purposes of our programs, there were, for our program here, there were um, a couple footballers that got in a little bit of trouble. The biggest name being Angel Di Maria. Somebody got a hold of his account. And I can't remember which island, but uh, found, again, hundreds of millions kind of stashed away that uh, he's got out there. And one, Mr. Carlo Ancelotti, football manager of note, also uh, doing the offshore thing with who knows how many. So I always get really interested in these things. Just again, we, we talked about all the embarrassment as, as kind of a weapon. And uh, sometimes that's all you've got. And, you know, exposing these people is, uh, is a good thing, in my opinion. I don't know any, any other comments on that? It, I mean, it must just be a really rough life for them. So rough. <laughs> right. They need to hide their money away. <laughs> I mean, here, here's my thing. Like, if you're going to try to hide your money... Why don't you just, I don't know, invest in a third division team or buy a team, right? Or like, you know, pull your money together with other folks that are trying to 
you know, hide their money and buy a team, right? <laughs> this makes more sense to be able, especially the footballers, right? To be like, this hey, is Rodrigo encouraging you all to launder your money through football. Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it if we if, if we do that. I mean, I mean. I mean, let's take out a picture. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, like, FIFA's corrupt. Either, either you do that or a Saudi Arabian group. Oh! <laughs> oh that's, that's, that's a low blow for Rodrigo. That's, oh. that's, that is the one chope kidney shot. <laughs> no, that's the one chope kidney shot with, like, breast knuckles that have, like, dirty blades in them. I'm I leaving. I put that Bye. in here, but you have yeah. team back, do you? Well done, Bridget. <laughs> it's right in there. Oof, that's gonna stay right after that came out though there's also um did you hear about the basketball scandal all these players who put in uh like work comp and medical claims uh for procedures that didn't actually happen and they made like hundreds of thousands of dollars off of Ugh. it uh, and one of the players named used to play for the timberwolves went to deal sale so now deal sale is getting a ton of press because oh, wow. this, this guy, like, I don't even remember what his name is. And most people don't. He didn't last very long with the Wolves. So everyone's like, yeah, so-and-so who played for the Timberwolves and is a graduate of De La Salle and played for their team. Like, that's the identifier that they're using. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, yet another thing. There was, like, a whole pyramid scheme going on within the NBA. Um, yep, yep. There you go. Um, let's go to Gaucho in, in uh, Brazil, uh, state state championship there. I think, Rodrigo, you saw this one, where um, there are two second division teams, maybe even third division, I can't remember. And again, we talk about the Colmebol yellow and the Colmebol red. This was a pretty pretty legitimate Colmebol red where the, the referee goes down and old boy from this club just straight up like running uh, like a goal kick. Uh but instead of a ball being goal kicked, uh, it was the referee's head. Um, not great. And so he's actually being, he was arrested and is now being charged by, with uh, attempted murder. <laughs> this, this is kind of the level though. This, this, is, a, this is a legit Colmebol red, <laughs> Rodrigo um, <laughs> or Bridget. <laughs> uh, is this, you know, is, are, are referees considered part of the field? I mean, in this case, yes. <laughs> I mean, so then, like, you know, like, when the ball gets kicked at a referee, you continue play? I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean maybe maybe he got... Them, like, like it would bounce off of a post. Like, you just... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, maybe maybe it's kind of like the Reynoso kind of thing. You know, he's like, the ball somewhere there. He has to get through the referee in order to get to the ball. I don't know. Maybe it's obstruction. I can see it that way. I mean, I it's... Mean, no, it's horrible. Megged a ref, like, every other game. Um, no, it's I'm, easy to judge. Go ahead. I'm just surprised it doesn't happen more often. Like players getting kicked in the head, you know, when they're yeah. on the ground near near a ball, um, and refs as well. Uh, I know I've seen a couple. You know those video compilations of like the worst injuries in in international football or something, and and there there's always one where someone is like. Uh, practically decapitated because their head was somewhere near a soccer ball That's and it's funny you you use that language because you know this, this is the league where in it was like third division or whatever where an actual decapitation happened so it's like we it's easy to joke about and laugh at but it's like 
no, no, there's been it, some pretty scary, right? Pretty horrific and terrible stuff that's happened in I the mean, lower Brazilian in, league divisions. Yeah, in, in MLS, this would have been like I don't know, like a, a, a forever suspension, right? Yeah, and like the band <laughs> and the game, and yeah, your your band. team is now not a part of the league. <laughs> <laughs> Go have fun in USL. That's right. <laughs> But all of a sudden there's relegation. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it would happen to do and get and relegated. Well, like <laughs> Yeah. About it. Yeah. It's no longer play horrible like Cincinnati, just don't kill a yeah, don't kill try to kill a ref and then you get relegated and you get kicked out. Um you two lovely humans can remind me what UEFA Nations League is again. I I still don't Fully understand it. I, this isn't for any I qualification, like right? Yeah. For the good, you know? No, it's just like, I mean, it's kind of like Money grab. America. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Nations okay. play. And then right now, I think they're playing. I mean, earlier today, Italy and who's the other team? Yeah. The know. semis, the semis, Spain beat Italy two to one. And then France beat Belgium three to two. So you probably saw Italy and Belgium, I'm guessing. In the third place because I think right. the one the finals going on right now Spain and France yeah which is which is great because at least one uh, colonizer will go down right at least we'll get rid of one colonizer for for one day I'm sorry my guy but all four of these teams are colonizers well, <laughs> they've all done we're great, tremendous I mean, finals, damage to the, the world we'll be like yeah one of them will will go down all four of them would go down that'd be great but you know yeah. you gotta take them where you can. I recently learned, um, I, I knew bits and pieces, but I, I had lots of holes with the whole uh, Italian, it, it's, it's almost like a failed and then successful colonization of Ethiopia, because Ethiopia successfully resisted for many, many years. Um, but then you, when, when it finally goes through, man, Italy did some horrendous, horrendous things to that country that I fully wasn't aware of until recently. Um, interesting story there, though. Very, very different than the rest of European colonization. Um, I don't even know how to transition from there, but uh, let's, let's go to Women's Champions League. Um, we had Juventus over Servette 3-0. Uh, Chelsea and Wolfsburg tied 3-3. Uh, Real Madrid goes 1-0 over, I don't even going to try, Zetulbu WFC from Kyrkiv. And PSG 2-0 over Red Blick. Not too many surprises there, I don't think. Um, should we dive, let's dive into some qualifiers. We got we had a whole week of World Cup qualifiers. I didn't put all the African ones in, mostly because everything kind of went as we would expect with the, the top teams that we would expect to get through. Um, our, our friend Roman Metaner is with Madagascar. They are not doing great. Uh, DR Congo beats them 2-0. They are bottom of the table. And it's going to be, I don't want to say 100% that they're not going to qualify, but it is a long road for them to, or a deep hole maybe is the metaphor for them to dig themselves out of. I don't think it's going to happen. They, they often find themselves in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the uh, Asian side, again, not a huge amount of surprises. However, I, I put the current standings in here. You know, Iran, South Korea, Australia, Saudi Arabia, pretty well expected there. The one that kind of surprised me, um, UAE is currently number three in, uh, in Group A, but you'll notice UAE, Lebanon, and Iraq all have two, so that could really flip very quickly there. 
And then kind of surprisingly, Japan is at a number three, but they're again, they're in a three-way tie with Oman and China, all with three points. So that could also kind of flip. So something to kind of look out for as we progress to see how that third slot in both those groups kind of move. And we'll go closer to home now. Let's do some Konkakaf. Um, let's start with, well, let's do the US. Um, great match. They played Jamaica in uh, Austin, Texas. Great win, 2-0. It was the Pepe train, Pepe party. He gets the brace. Um, from what I understand, I, I, I got into this one a little late, but I heard the first half was kind of shaky. Uh, didn't do so well. Yeah. And then they had a great pep talk, apparently, from Burhalter because second half, everything started to click. Um, Pepe's gets the brace. That's three goals and two assists. Is it? I put one of the two assists in two matches, yeah. which is just ridiculous. Uh, go ahead, Rodrigo. No, I mean, Pepe's the real deal. I mean, like, people have been, you know, he has been since he was, you know, what, 17? You know, mm-hmm. and, and like, you know, if anything, that's probably one of the biggest, um, I don't want to say accomplishments, but like things that, you know, Lucci has had under his tenure, right? I mean, like, being able to make Pepe the, the, the kid that he is now, and I think that's that's great. I I heard a story on like XM radio where like someone, one of, one of the announcers that was announcing the game went to the stadium for the game. And after the game, as they were walking back to their hotel, there was like a, there was like a, like a taco truck and there was a family with like Pepe jerseys, like sitting there. Right. Eating. And that family ended up being actually Pepe's family. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a really beautiful moment where he celebrates. And, uh, I think it's the second goal with his parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. So like awesome. you know, it's like it's 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 a really like heartfelt, um, because like he grew up like he was born in El Paso, but he will do all the other things his family would do across the border, and so like he grew up with the duality of two things, and the fact that he was able to choose, um, you know, the United States over over Mexico is 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 has been a great thing for Burhalter and everyone else, and I think, you know. I think the sky's the limit for these these kids because they're learning how to play with each other and understanding how they want to go. I mean, like, I really appreciate how there's a lot of teams, Minnesota United included, who likes to do the pass the ball to Reynoso, pass the ball to the wing, come back to the middle, go to the other wing, the side-to-side passing. But in this game, the midfield was extremely vertical. And that was like penetrating into the defense. And that's exactly what you want to do is you want to be able to keep that defense on its toes and create spaces. And I think when Minnesota United has done stuff like that, when we've run quickly, but we've gone vertical, it's effective. And so hopefully, you know, the, the, the players will understand that and, and implement it as well too. But, you know, it's, it's a great start for the United States. And um, I'm pretty sure today there will be a different lineup because um, a lot of the areola, I mean, I don't know why everyone hates an areola. I mean, like I've seen him play at DC United. He's a damn good player. Sure, he make mistakes, but like, yeah, but like he was, he was quite good in this match. I thought his his motor and not nonstop. I mean, it's like that's exactly what you want. But you know, yeah. yep. So yeah, tonight against Panama, as we're going to go a little too, and then they got uh, Costa Rica on Wednesday. Um, from this other fixture set here, uh, Honduras and Costa Rica tie. El Salvador beats Panama 1-0. And then the one other one to talk about, Mexico and Canada. And Canada 1-1. Canada goes to Azteca, and, you know, they get an, Mexico gets an early goal. They get a little shaky. But then for the next 
60, 70 minutes, Canada just asserts themselves and really takes it to Mexico and like has this confidence and this momentum, which was just awesome to see. Like this team is just playing with fire and playing with some confidence yep. and swagger. And mm-hmm. man, to, to think that Canada could be the the big upsetter and kind of like the uh, the threat almost in CONCACAF is just kind of a weird thing to say, but it's it might be real. I mean, they yeah. they were the better team. It happens every 15, I think, 15 years for Canada where, like, they have a really good team. But I think this is their best chance to actually qualify for a World Cup. I mean, you look at their squad. I mean, we all seen what Tejan Buchanan can do on a, a on an attacking wing, right? I mean, dear Lord, you know. And and Mexico is, 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 in, is in a transition stage in the things, right? They still got older players playing, but at the same time, like, they're trying to figure out what's best and... And props to Canada. I mean, I'm I'm rooting for the Maple Leafs, you know, and to be able to be yeah. the spoilers. But also, I mean, who does not like cheering for a false Davies? Seriously, who doesn't? That's what I was gonna say. Just the number of times that guy just like torches everybody on those runs is just incredible. And he just does it over and over again, and then nobody can catch him or figure it out. It's it's, it's something. It's something. Um, so the way things look right now, um, oh, I put in here, Concacaf. The most Concacafy team right now is Canada. Just expert shithousery which is also an amazing thing too um it's still really really tight here so usa currently at number number one with eight points uh mexico also there with eight but goal differential goal differential goes to the u.s uh canada third at six and panama fourth at five el salvador five so we got panama tonight that should be you know you'd think a win even a tie wouldn't be too bad but you think that'd be a w uh and get costa rica later um yeah Bridget how are you feeling pretty good about this yeah yeah I think um improvement through through these matches has been good and uh like Rodrigo was saying just you know changing up that those tactics a little bit to to really break down the defense mm-hmm. it's definitely been a huge help mm-hmm. all right well, let's do our Colme bowls here uh, we had some fun rounds. So Paraguay and Argentina tied nil-nil. Uruguay and Colombia also nil-nil. There's a number of ties. Uh, Brazil, uh, we're in Venezuela. That was a three-to-one win for Brazil. Ecuador, three-nil over Bolivia. And the one I know Rodrigo wants to talk about, of course, the Chile battle, two-nil. The Chile battle, the Pisco battle, forgive me, the Pisco battle. Uh, el el Pacifico uh, Classic. There it is, two-nil over Chile. Take it. God, that was so well, too. Like... Like I was earlier in the podcast, uh, I was or the episode I was telling Bridget, I was like, you know, I was like, I'm having a heck of a week because not only did I have Mayor's Cup, but also Peru defeated Chile, and so and yeah, I mean, like, I have Chilean friends who have texted me. He's like, yeah, we are crap, and I'm like, yeah, you are, and and I and I'm and I'm happy about that, and so yes, Peru, you know. We are we are tied within you know we we're, we're not in it yet into the to make it to the World Cup but these next three games are extremely important so I think if we if we win three games or if we at least win two games and tie Argentina I think the comment we we could be playing again for the I don't know depending on how the Kiwis do we could be playing the Kiwis all over again for qualification of the World Cup so 
I'm 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 once again rooting for you guys. I, I think I think things are are very positive right now. It, it's very tight in the table. I mean, Brazil's in, Argentina's likely in, and then from there it's it's all over the place. Um, I mean, Peru's in seventh with eleven, but then right next door is Paraguay in sixth with twelve, Colombia fifth with fourteen, and Uruguay and Ecuador both at sixteen. So I mean, right? The door's I mean, open. it's a, it's a, it's yeah. It's like you just got to win when you got to win. I mean, play Bolivia tonight and in Bolivia, so you know altitude you know, all the other stuff. I hope all the players get their mate in so they, they're ready to, <laughs> to, to, to battle, right? It's not performance enhancement. It's, it's just herbal medicine. So Mate and coca leaves? Yeah, well, <laughs> mate overall, we cannot speculate if it'll be coca leaves or not. You know, <laughs> Comebo likes to listen to this show, so we don't really want to be able to. Uh, but no, I mean, I think it's, it's tight. I mean, I think it's it's been really interesting and you know i'm hoping that i'm able to to witness two world cups uh appearances in my lifetime and yeah um that'd be great but you know they, they got to keep going they're, they're, they're riding a good they're riding a good uh streak and just got to keep on adding on to it christian Cueva is one of my favorite yeah players. oh my god i mean he, like i don't know great. why he doesn't he, he said he plays outside of like other things just come to the mls christian Cueva, and you would you would be like in the running for like, you know, MVP. Seriously. Do it. Um, so on the Brazil match, I just wanted to shout out Hafinha. This is a different Hafinha too. I actually put in the other Hafinha spelling with the F. This is a PH Hafinha. He's a younger one. I think he's 18 or 19. He plays for Leeds. And this was his first time with the Seleção, first call up. And he came in at like the 60 something minute. Um, I want to say it was a one-one tie at that point, and he just completely flipped the match on its head, two assists uh, right off the bench. So pretty good for your debut. Um, so I'm guessing we'll be seeing more of, of him in the future. Uh, Brazil has Colombia tonight in Colombia, um, so that could be a tough one actually for them away. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident they won't lose, but I wouldn't be surprised if they tied. Um, and then they got Uruguay at home. So we'll keep things moving there and pay attention but yeah it's it's very interesting basically that that three to six spot is three to seven rather is is very tight so who knows what's going to happen we, we already <laughs> bridget already uh injured rodrigo with the newcastle jab so <laughs> we can pass that one off <laughs> uh, yeah see. please I mean, do it was it was sitting right there <laughs> it was beautiful it was right, beautiful right. Now, now now i know where not to take bridget with me right <laughs> um i'm gonna have to watch good. i'm gonna have to watch my back every time i'm gonna be like i'm gonna make a new newcastle comment now i'm gonna be like wait where's bridget especially if they play liverpool then you're really in trouble oh my God. Oh, yeah um you, my my mentions on every type of social media regarding this were like up to the level of like ridiculousness and i was like what are you gonna do with all that money? I was like, I don't know. I was like, that's that's blood money. What would I want to do anything with yeah, that? Pretty bad. <laughs> I, I think I sent you the Oh no, I saw it. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's like he's like, how and so I dreamed what would make me happy and would make me happy would be that we would uh we would sign uh finally find Joseph Martinez and so then the the Dragon Ball Z boys in celebration that they do uh would come back. To and then and then we hired uh, Norberto Solano, a former uh, Magpie, as a GM or or a coach, whichever, and that would make me happy. And that's about as happy as I could get for like two seconds after, then realizing everything else that happened. So, 
I don't know. Hopefully, we'll make it and we won't be relegated again. But if we do get How? relegated, hopefully, let me ask you this: if we do relegate it, then it leads to them selling the team to someone else. How so. conflicted would you be if you know, with all this blood money, your words, and I very much agree with it? Um, if they dumped like twenty million dollars for Ricardo Pepe and he goes. How how would I feel conflicted? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because um, yeah, how would you feel? I mean, you would have to be somewhat conflicted, right? Knowing that it's, I mean, on one hand you're gonna get Pepe, but on the other hand, it's this this coming from this terrible source of of blood money. Corrupt. Um, I'd be I'd be really glad that um, that um, I can't really watch a lot of the. Um, Newcastle games on TV, <laughs> so then it just <laughs> it make it less. Uh, it would distance myself from from watching it. But you know, I you're right. I mean, it's they're a suitor, I think. Right, they're one of the teams that are after him. I think makes sense. But as long as we get a, rid of Steve in a deal, like if we send Steve to coach in the MLS for Pepe, that that would be a great trade. I would I would go for that. Um, just so we can get rid of Steve Bruce. With I mean, I, I think overall it's like. It's 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 not the greatest situation. Like I'm not very happy about it. Um, apparently, a bunch of uh, people in England uh, don't read the news or don't follow the news or the BBC for that matter. They make connections with one or the other and don't really care. Um, but you know, it's it's for me. It's just, it's it's really heart heart wrenching to be able to be like, yeah, this is my team, and then yeah, now the owners are like, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's like, just, yeah, it's horrible. There are very few teams in that league, and even lower division, who aren't getting some fraction of their income from oil money and blood money. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, even like even with Liverpool, I mean, Fenway Sports Group is is not innocent. Yep. Uh, Red Bull everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a. D- d- like an industry-wide sport-wide issue and this one happens to just be uh i mean because it's not like this massive team like you know man city and the emirates like kind of made more sense because man man city's everywhere like you could you could go to to the middle east and and find their shirts everywhere um so that one made a little bit more sense this this one's kind of weird because it it's Newcastle and like you know you don't you don't really see that connection very easily. Um, I like how they tried to like make it seem like it was a a uh, independent business that was kind of taking it like Man City like you said and then like the the primary stockholder is Mohammed bin Salman. Just a little family business. Um, yeah yeah yeah. Like sure. Yeah sure. Yeah, no big deal. Well, on the complete 180 flip side of this, for good news, um, St. Pauli last week beat uh, Dynamo Dresden 3-0. Friends, they are currently number one still. They're holding that spot in uh, Bundesliga 2, Zwei, uh, with, I don't know, what is this, about a fourth of the season played? So, I mean, there's still a ways to go, but there's some serious momentum here. Even if they finish top two, top three, they would move. And again, I don't think this is this hasn't happened in... I'd have to look back. Listeners, you can let us know, but it's certainly been like at least two or three decades since St. Pauli has been in the Bundesliga, which would just be amazing and kind of almost a, a little bit of a cure for all the stuff we're talking about right now <laughs> if they could get themselves promoted. 
it wouldn't it's not a cure all to be clear but it would be a nice little balance tip the scales all right um you all added this last one uh something about cincinnati so by all means take it away all right so we've reached that point of the show where where we want to end on a good 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 night so there's a tweet put together by um by the philly union staff and i don't know if anyone's have you clicked on that yet uh eric I, I want your I want your live reaction to it. Here we go. <laughs> Spirit of Halloween. <laughs> so, if anyone uh, is uh, has not understood yet, um, 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 FC Cincinnati has officially been eliminated for the playoffs, uh, and so Philly Philly uh, Union uh, social media team, which did a really great one with this, uh, post. Uh, FC Cincinnati eliminated from playoffs contention. The comments are amazing. <laughs> Onto Plan B, and then there's an image of their uh, of the TGL Stadium and all like literally with a spirit of Halloween advertisement, right? Like becoming one of those wholesale places. I think that was great. I, I loved funny. it. It's hilarious, <laughs> and so and so ready, right? I mean, FC Cincinnati needs to really forget about this season uh, and. What best way to embrace the holiday, right? I just put it out on the MNFS Twitter. That's spectacular. That's really funny. Amazing. Nice. That was a very good one to end on. Well done. All right, listeners. Well, thanks again for sticking with us. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we got the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Minnesota Football Show. We are there. Uh, our MN Football Show, rather, is what it is. And yeah, we'll see what happens this evening or this afternoon, rather, with Minnesota United. Um, I'm really curious what the attendance is going to be like and how that's going to kind of play out. And uh, more qualifiers to kind of catch you up on next week as well. But uh, yeah, thanks again. It's a beautiful October day again. So let's go out in either whether you're going to the match or just enjoying the day. Uh, enjoy. Yeah. All right. Hasta luego. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.